0: Hey Jeff, 45 minutes later than I anticipated. Saying that, I fucking love technology. Yeah. It's so great. Yeah. Fuck technology. It's terrible. Best of the plans. Yeah. Start. We're gonna start it early. Yeah. Get done early. You're not gonna be mixing yeah. at midnight. You know it's gonna be great. 8:30. What do you
1: think? Yeah, I can do 8:30. No problem. I get my kids to bed. We can do it at 8:30. Well, you know, it's how it goes.
0: It's now. Nine fifteen while we're starting, so, so yeah, just a little inside Tuesday. baseball. <laughs> um,
1: and your your beer is
0: is no longer cold. My beer is no longer cold. Um, <sighs> it's not. It wasn't even that warm to begin with because you know, I like I drove to Peaks and Pints and I got it and then and then uh I don't know like I guess in just like the two minute drive home between fridge to fridge and uh, maybe while I was looking for other beer. Like it, it, got a little bit warmer, and so it didn't get yep. cool, like cooled down the fridge. So yeah, it's just we're we're having a great time over here, over here at, at uh, HQ West, <laughs> and this is Podcast Versus Everyone, Episode One Sixty One. I'm Craig Powers. With me, as always, is Jeff Newser, and Jeff, That's you know, me. if <laughs> if 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 I was still singing the the intro song, I'd be would it be the two out of three, a bad or, or the fucking yeah, yeah. ghost. <laughs> Um,
1: it would be, it would definitely be something like that. It, and the hilarious part is like two out of three felt like something not as good as two out of three, like because no. of that loss to Washington was so shitty, but yep, it, it's, it's funny. Like since we recorded last it, we're, they've gone two and three yeah. and two and one, know, that ain't bad. Yeah. That's not, or two and one, right. They've won two out of three that that shouldn't be bad, but
0: you know, of I was kind of at, you know, I, I, I went up, uh, Uh, three out of four days driving up to seattle for sporting events went on saturday to that game you know once again made the mistake of going somewhere in seattle to eat before and once again they were incredibly slow so we missed part of the start of the game like i I just uh, i will never learn but hey we went to the the hard liver barley wine festival at brower's cafe and i had some uh, steak frites, and I, you know, I can't complain about that. I did have one of the worst beers I've ever had in my life. We can talk about that in the <laughs> beer section. But you know, yeah. then we went Br- to the. By the U-Dub way, Browers,
1: and, Browers is going to come up again in the beer section. So yeah,
0: talk about that. Yeah, too. I, I saw your saw your little beer. Um, but uh, but yeah, so so that sucked. That makes it that makes it worse. You know, when when you see yeah. someone in person, but but you know, it started out on. Was that Wednesday? Was that last Wednesday when yeah. I played U Dub? Yep. Last Wednesday. Yep. Yep. Wasn't the prettiest win over UW, which is kind of the we're not looking for pretty wins anymore. We don't care what they look like. You know, at the start of the year, when you're playing the, you know, the the low majors and stuff, you kind of stress when you don't win by enough or you know, oh, we didn't look good enough. But now it's just like, I don't care how they fucking win. Can they just win? After they've lost so many tough games, they were on a five-game losing streak. So just, you know, they they played some shitty defense against uh, U-Dub. But, you know, luckily U-Dub's defense was just not expecting Muhammad Gay to hit (laughs) 10-footers. Yeah. And w- and decided like, that you know what that, he's and,
1: gonna miss some of those at some point, and then he just never did.
0: So. And decided to just let F.A. Abagidi stand under the basket just in case Muhammad Gay missed those two pointers, those ten foot two pointers. Um, and that was basically WC's entire offense, <laughs> and it worked perfectly. One point two zero points. Well, yeah, per down the stretch,
1: man. It was. I, I I'm trying to remember now because it was like almost a week ago at this point, but. Um, I, I want to say, I think the last field goal by a guard, by a non-big was like with like almost 13 minutes left in the game or something. And I think all, every other basket from there on out was, uh, was FA or Mo. And then I think Deshaun had one in there as well. And then flowers hit some free throws at the end. And that, that was it for the guards. It was
0: crazy. I'm not sure I've ever
1: seen anything like that.
0: 46 from F.A. and Mo, and then, you know, you add eight from Deshaun. So you get 54 of your 78 points are or, or from yeah. your three bigs. Yeah, it's wild. uh and, and, you know, Flowers gets 12 of the rest, and then not really much else from anyone else. But it was, you know, that's what Dub was giving. You know, UW really, in this first matchup, sold out to defend the three. And WSU, that's got to be one of the season lows. I haven't looked. Only took 17 threes out of 61 field goal attempts. Um, There was also kind of a heavier whistle in this game than we've seen in recent games in Pac-12 play. Uh, So WSU shot quite a few free throws and made quite a few, um, which, you know, wasn't the case the rest of the week. But, um, you know, so they really dominated that game, offensive rebounding. That high low post high post low post action that that's just kind of the staple of any uh, you know zone beater offense, and it worked out. And uh, but the one kind of alarming part was they gave up one point oh eight to you know almost one point one points per possession to U Dub in that game. Um, yep. And and that was kind of. Uh, uh, a harbinger of what was to come in, in terms of defense as they were playing their uh what uh fifth fourth fifth and sixth games in the span of 14 days
1: yeah they uh they they fell apart <laughs> in Seattle man it's I you know there was that the, the game on Wednesday in Pullman there was a part of me that was like okay well the def- the overall defensive numbers don't look good but they also gave up some. You know ridiculously easy buckets early in the game and it's okay it's kind of skewed by you know these you know early easy buckets blah 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 and you know so i I think i'd kind of talked myself into that a little bit and um you know part of it is you know with washington also you know you mentioned it wasn't the prettiest game i mean that's just the nature of playing washington like nothing nothing's going to look pretty when you play against them in that zone and, and the things that they do. Like it just, they're going to muck it up. They're going to slow it down. Um, you know, to beat the zone, the ball's going to go side to side a bunch. Like it's just, it's just not going to be attractive when you're playing a, playing a team like that. So, you know, I, I, I wasn't like sort of overall, you know, I, I wasn't all that stressed out about it. And then, uh, and then Saturday happened and I didn't, you know, I didn't get to watch much of the game. I got to watch basically the last eight minutes was all, um, you know, I was kind of following the score in the first half. and like, okay, here we go. Yeah, we're doing okay. We're doing okay. And then, um, and I'm kind of watching the score in the second half and it's like, uh, it, it disappeared real, real fast. And, uh, and then I watched the last eight minutes and, and, you know, we just could not, um, just could not keep anybody in front of us. Uh, and I think, you know, I kind of wrote about that on Monday. I, you know, I was trying to figure out what to write and, you know, I was, I was just kind of looking at stuff and, and looking at stats and, and trying to figure some things out. And, you know, I just, I just think that we're really tired, um, and and you know, I think some of that we'll obviously talk about Oregon State as well, but you know, we allowed uh, Oregon State to score 1.32 points per possession, and you know, for context, this is a team that was you know the Cougars were allowing uh, up until these games against Washington, they were allowing about I want to say about like 0.92 or 0.91 points per possession mm-hmm. in conference yep. play. Um, It was something like that. And they were I think they had just um, I think they had just dropped to two second overall in the conference or something like that um, behind, I think, behind UCLA. And so, you know, but still, you know, like I think they dropped uh, to know, two
0: after the first UW game. I think they were still been, barely hanging been. on the, first, uh, to the top spot. So yeah.
1: either way, one of the best defenses in the conference in conference play, no matter how you want to look at it. Um, and then they go and they play Washington twice and they play Oregon state and, and neither of those teams are any good really offensively. And they allowed 1.08, 1.12 and 1.32, um, which is just absolutely absurd. And I, and I think some of it is, you know, I, I was kind of, after the second Washington game, I was like, okay, I think, I think I'm kind of legit concerned about the defense. And then, um, you know, that obviously played out against Oregon as well. I, it, for us, I think the big thing is this, you know, so much of our defense is predicated on effort and being in the right spot and just playing really hard. Um, cause we don't have outside of FA and, and Muhammad Gay, we don't have superlative athletes. Right. So it's not, it's, it's not like, you know, Arizona that, you know, smothers people or, or UCLA that smothers people like it's, um, you know, our good defense is, is kind of a different, a little different brand of good defense. Right. And, um, you know, when you've played as many games as we have and, and you know, playing, uh, I think two or three more games over the course of uh, over this time period than they would normally play. Uh, you know, it's just you, you really start to see it in that game against Washington in the second half and then against Oregon state, same deal. They just could not stay in front of anybody. And they also gave up a ton of uh, of free throws and, uh, you know, yep. and, and also they didn't force a lot of turnovers either. So if you kind of put all that together, you go, okay, so what, what are maybe indicators of tiredness? Um, sending the other team to the free throw line, not stealing the ball. Cause you're a little slow on reaction. And then um, again, just the eye test of watching guys unable to stay in front of guys. Um, yeah. I, I just think they were really tired. And I think um, you know, this upcoming weekend coming home, I think is going to be huge. Um, just being at home, you know, they're, <laughs> they're not going to be well rested before the PAC 12 tournament, but you know, whatever, I guess I, I just, you know, this, this schedule is unusual and it's, it's packing a ton of games in and, yeah, um, you're adding three. I don't know how you account for that. So
0: you're adding three games in these three weeks that weren't supposed to be there, right? Um, you know, with with adding the Oregon game, adding adding the UW game, and adding the Oregon State game, those yep. were all supposed to happen earlier in the year. the The UW yep. week was supposed to be a a bit of a break. You know, you have yep. one game on Sunday, you you have a whole full week off after traveling to L. A. And no, instead, you're playing U-Dub in the middle. And obviously, U-Dub had to deal with that, too. You know, so it's not, like, the only excuse. Um, but, you know, in these games against U-Dub, it, it's kind of wild. You know, we thought, just let Terrell Brown get his is what we thought. In the first game, they didn't. And U-Dub still played pretty good offense. And he didn't have – he wasn't much of a yep. factor. The second game, he was a huge factor. But also, he was kind of the worst part of their offense. Like, he, he took – he got 25 points, but he took 21 shots and 12 free throws to get there. So he's basically, an at, yep. you know, and, and only one assist, he wasn't, like, setting everyone up. He was bending the defense a little bit, and he did force WSU, I think, into using more zone, which is just Dear not God. working. Like, this zone it's is so not bad. working. And so that let guys like Dejon Davis and Emmett Matthews who do not play in the first game were huge in this game. Uh, Davis had five assists he had nine points hit hit three of his four field goals you know three of six from the line you know he got to the free throw line Emmett Matthews he had 15 points it only took him you know 11 shots to get there and four free throws he had five boards three offensive rebounds Nate Roberts uh, who was really ineffective in the first game. He made all, you know, he had a bunch of easy buckets and, and he was causing havoc on the offensive glass. Um, you know, overall, they did fire on the offensive glass, but there were some really crucial times when they couldn't get a yep. board. Um, and, and because the defense isn't playing as well, uh, they're they're kind of more likely to give up a bucket after they get that offensive rebound. Um, yep. But yeah, it's, it, they it, I don't know what the fascination with is with the zone. I get it. You know, if you feel like you're not stopping guys, uh, for, if you're trying to limit penetration, but they're still getting in the middle <laughs> Yeah, without they were still having a dribble, there. it's like an easy yeah. pass or it's, you know, two easy dribbles to the middle. Cause we're just yep. not, we're not good at the zone. Like you dub plays their zone all the time and they're yeah. only okay at it like they're they're not even an elite defense by any measures and they play their zone constantly and they and yep. they have built a roster to play that zone and they and they they're not great at it and we're just throwing it out there usually in the second half and it's just giving up points well, i don't was, know
1: it was pretty together. good last year right like w- without having any you know synergy data or anything like that that says you know, how I would say it was pretty good. Like, you know, what the points per ago. possession were. Yeah. I, I feel like it was still pretty good last year. You know, again, this, it's totally anecdotal, right. Cause we don't have synergy data to back, back up, um, you know, what the points per possession are when they're running certain sets. So, you know, I get all that, but you know, it's, it's, it's bad this year. And that's, and that's pretty well, obvious. And, and, and why is,
0: you know, look, you look at it. who did they have at the top of the zone the last two years who do they have at the top of the zone now right right like yeah it's you have i mean you you went
1: from going Your tall your your shortest guy was six three the last two years in that zone and now your shortest guy is is you know five five whatever five eight five nine five ten whatever you think he actually is um and then your second guy by the way is six feet tall so good luck i guess like well and even a very different prospect
0: even if even if they're not playing together, usually one of them's on the floor. So you still have one guy. And right. you know, it's you're taking away the strength of a lot of your players, which is man-to-man defense. Right. You know, we do have you know, we can be long on the back, but it doesn't matter if they're getting wide open shots in the corner and wide open shots at the top of the key, uh, or those big guys are having to kind of help on a pass, and we just don't rotate that well because it's yeah. just not something we do all the time. Like the rotations if, are slow. It's just Yeah. Ugh, well I was gonna say that
1: if my theory is correct that they're tired. And you know, Kyle Smith would know that better than anybody. Right? Yeah. Like he would know better than anybody if their legs are kind of toast. Um which would sort of explain the decision to go to the zone, right? But yeah. the problem is when when you're running out the personnel that we run out the zone actually to be effective requires a ton of effort like it's not you know if you're running guy you know if you're running a bunch of dudes out there who are you know six five six 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 seven on the perimeter and you they can sort of them. alter shots just by being tall then you know yeah maybe you can catch a blow on the defensive end by running zone but the that but the problem is we can't right like the way the players that we have they're not, you know they're not resting at all if you run a zone and if they do is, is this is what you get <laughs> right which is which is what we got you know a pretty shitty zone that really didn't prevent a lot of good shots I mean the times when the zone has been effective this year um, tired legs or not have, have really just been when people have missed shots and um, that does happen I mean sometimes it's not a bad strategy to dare people to shoot but um you know it's, it really has been very dependent on whether the other team is hitting shots and and has much less to do with the way that we guard people in the zone.
0: You know, and we, we harp on the defense a lot because this team is very much built on their defense. And so it's it's frustrating when when the defense is something that loses the game. Because um, really what the U-Dub's output per possession wasn't too terribly different from Wednesday to sa- sa- Saturday.
1: Yeah, it was about the same. A little, but a little WS- bit better, but about
0: the WSU, same. Went from 1.2 to 1. Flowers goes off. Absolutely cannot miss in the first half. Drops 30. It. it I mean, if you tell me he's having that game, wow. Because he did barely, you know, he had 12 points the first game. But F.A., they did not give him, the, you know, they were kind of, they, they paid way more attention to the middle. F.A., one offensive rebound in this game after 10 in the last game. And then you have Noah and Tyrell just combining to do very – just struggle. Uh, Noah want two of 13, three turnovers, uh, and then Ty three of 12, and just a turnover, which is, you know, pretty standard for him. But uh, But, you know, when you have two of your biggest shot takers – Going, going five what? of twenty-five. Yeah, five of twenty-five. And two you're, of ten on threes. Two of ten on threes. You're you're kind of fucked. Uh, and then and then you don't have yeah. Fa, just getting you know clean. They still rebounded, offensive rebounded pretty well, but they weren't getting like the easy putbacks that they got in the first game because it wasn't Fa yep. getting them. And Fa is f- far and away the best at getting the ball like converting his offensive rebounds back into points because um, he usually is just in the best position. And with us athleticism, he can, he can get in there, but um, you know, D- Deshaun's very good at it too. I put Mo yep. at a far away three on, on, in terms of converting the offensive rebound to points, but, but, uh, but yeah, so FA doesn't, you know, barely a factor. It takes four shots, you know, I, I, I mean, he's a factor on defense, which is not on offense. And you know Rodman doesn't do much, and he puts twenty one. You you get twenty one minutes from Rodman, and and he's not giving you anything offensively, which is normal. But you kind of hope he gets a couple buckets, you know. And um, yeah. and, and and it's and, and and he's he's such a good on ball defender, and you and when you're playing someone in the like second half, you kind of take away a lot of his uh, what he does well. Um, so yeah, you get the 30 from flowers and then not much else. And then, so you drop from 1.2 to one point per possession, 15 of 43 on two pointers, which we've talked about the two point struggles with this team and 35%. that percent, 35%, 35% uh, in that game, which is gonna be funny when we talk about the next game, but, 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 but yeah, this is just frustrating. I mean, it's it's not entirely out of the realm of possibility of what you would expect our offense to do against their defense. But when they just went 1.2 on Wednesday and they go 1.0. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: That's frustrating. frustrating.
1: I mean, it's they, – they couldn't, you know, they – again, as someone who didn't, you know, really watch the the early parts of the game, I mean, you know, late, they just, they just couldn't get – they couldn't get inside, you know, and, and – I mean, they couldn't really, get inside you
0: know, you, at the start either. It was just flowers. Yeah hitting five three-pointers in the first half you know
1: i mean just as we mentioned you know they changed up the way they were defending um you know and look i mean you knew after wednesday they were not good like they were not gonna gonna let us beat them in the same fashion like that just was not going to happen you knew that there was no chance whatsoever that they were gonna allow mo and fa to you know essentially put roberts in that spot repeatedly, uh, again. And then you also knew that there was a 0% chance that Terrell Brown was only going to take like, you know, 13 shots like that. That just, that was impossible. You knew it wasn't going to happen and it didn't happen. So, um, you know, what we failed to do is we, you know, we, we failed to adjust back. Um, you know, and this is something that, that we've kind of talked about, you know, off, off the, off the podcast. And so, you know, I don't want to go you know, super deep into it, but, it, you know, I've had this feeling just for a while this season that just like virtually everything with this team has just been just kind of a notch below where it needs to be. Um, and you know, some of that is you know players and the way they're playing. Um, some of that's coaching, right? Like putting the team in you know positions to succeed. You know, we look at that zone. I mean, there there may have been good reasons to go to the zone, but the fact of the matter is, it's horrible. Right. Um, you know, personnel decisions. We you know, we've talked before about um, you know, what it means to play two guards who are real small in this conference and and what a challenge that is, uh, you know, on both ends of the floor in terms of, you know, on offense getting your shots and on defense guarding, you know, longer players. Um and then, you know, you, you look at other things like, you know, injury luck. Like, okay, we need we need our injury luck to be a little better. You know, Deshaun Jackson, we've seen what a difference he can make since yeah. he's come back and you know, missing him for a month and a half was, you know, problematic. And um, you probably, you know, you could
0: potentially argue they win a couple, at least a couple more games. Yeah, if I think that's totally there.
1: fair. And then you look at what's happening right now with Andre and Bamba, both of whom are clearly not a hundred percent at the moment. Um, you know, this team has just had, you know, kind of bad luck. And then we've, we've talked about the bad luck in terms of opponent shooting, right? Like, you know, other teams hitting shots that, you know, they don't, they don't normally hit, right. Or, or at the very least, um, you know, just seeming to kind of hit them repeatedly. It's it just, you know, things have just been not quite good enough. And some of that is luck. And some of that is skill. And some of that is, you know, coaching or whatever. But, um, you know, when you add it all up, that's how you end up with a team that's got probably, you know, four more, three or four more losses than they probably should have. Right. And so, um, I, I don't know, man, I just tend to kind of, chalk it up to man it's just sometimes it's like that <laughs> you know sometimes sometimes it's like that sometimes uh you know players sometimes it's just not you know what it needs to be i mean we were joking tonight watching you know wisconsin <laughs> you know banking a three to beat purdue and it's just like you know what the hell man like we can't we can't seem to buy any of that luck although i guess it, it came back around a little bit against oregon state but um you know it's just it's it's just hard and it's frustrating and um, you know, we just don't seem to be able to push the right buttons, you know, when we need to push the buttons. I mean, when Washington wasn't allowing, uh, you know, the bigs to beat us, it seems like we should have been able to counter punch And then, and, and, you know, we just couldn't, and maybe that's just a matter of making shots. I mean, you know, Roberts and, 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 Williams have to be better than that. Maybe it's just as simple as that. Um, yeah, I don't know, but you know, this team's just kind of You know, they've got holes. We've talked about this before. You know, they've got, they've got holes. They've got spot, you know, at Wazoo, you're usually going to have some holes. And, you know, when we were watching Tony Bennett in 2008, we saw all those holes exposed against North Carolina, right? We went, okay, we're really good. Maybe we got a chance to do this. And then North Carolina plays and you're like, yeah, it's, 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 you know, I, I, unless we make every shot, I'm not sure we can compete with. The athletes they're throwing out there so yeah um there's always going to be holes and the holes just seem to have gotten exposed at really bad times this year and you know i, I guess that sometimes that's how it goes and then you know other times you get the oregon state game which uh which you know i can't say it was a good game but you know was was uh the result was pretty great
0: so I, I i've been thinking about something a lot about the luck this year and i i emailed uh uh, ken pomeroy about it and i asked him you know have you looked at uh you know any are there any associating factors um you know some some good correlations with luck and like experience you know, or something. yeah like experience and stuff but he said you know he has looked at that because you would think it's experience or maybe having a guy with who's like a a major, you know, a go-to guy, which we don't have—a guy that uses that many possessions or a major contributor that has a certain, um, you know, offensive rating or something like, uh, like the guy from Providence, who's who, um, the the guard who who wins them a lot of late games. I can't, I, I can't remember um, what his name is at the, off the top of my head, but um, but you know, obviously WSU doesn't have a person like that. But you know, he kind of said it's not really. Like, there, there, there are anything, like, anything that always – because you could look at experience. So you look at a team like Providence, very experienced, and they're winning all these close games. But there's a lot of other experienced teams that are not winning all those close games that are – like, like Gonzaga has shitty luck. Like, uh, they're not – like, they have – they're not, like, super experienced, but they also are super talented, and they've won, so, they've won fewer games than Ken Palm's formula would expect them to win uh but the funny thing is uh, that caveat right there but he said like it's mostly has to do with the better team usually wins but for you Dub, based on his number or for you for dub and, and a lot of other get you know close games we've lost based on his numbers the better team has not won you know, you could say the the close loss to Boise State, the maybe the better team won that one and the two USC games. But then WSU has a bunch of other losses where they are the higher ranked team and they lost the close game. Um so it's it's just what what is it, you know? And and maybe finally this uh it came around against Oregon State where, like Ken said, it's just the better team usually prevails in these games. And and that's exactly what happened after one of the you know after coming off this after the the second half of UW combined with the first half of Oregon State, Cougar Twitter Cougar fans were absolutely Ugh. lit so bad. I mean, I was pissed. Obviously, we're always a little more pissed in Slack than we are on Twitter. Um, but it's but it's yep. uh, so it was so bad that the the team had to turn off their <laughs> replies know, on Twitter because so people yeah, were the social so media bad.
1: okay, so the social media team at Wazoo basketball turned off replies on Twitter so that they didn't have to uh, experience cougar fans being disappointed by giving up ninety eight fucking points in two, in two halves. halves of
0: basketball. Our defense, which going in to the first U Dub game, was number one in points per possession. Yes. And and also, you know, for for the people who aren't into tempo free stats, was also the number one team in points allowed because of our pace. So that would makes right. the ninety eight points even more insane. We were average, yeah. we were giving up sixty two points per forty minutes before that. Completely like so, insane. like like to give to two not good offenses, like middling in all of college basketball offenses, lower pack 12 offenses to give up 98 points in two halves like i it, you just you know you think god they're so tired maybe they're maybe that are just losing all these close games losing five and all this stuff has beaten them down to the point where they just they cannot give that effort anymore and so after that first half where, where they're down 48 37 um, yep. and you're just like oh my gosh like this this is this sucks like we're going to we're going to come back and lose to one of the worst Pac-12 teams of all time. Like after, you know, just like a cherry on top of this, like frustrating fucking season. But, you know, what I was looking for when that second half came out, you know, we were playing good offense in the first half. It's just like the defense was abysmal. Too many open yeah, I mean, looks.
1: 37 it, points in the first half. They should could be, should be OK. So right. they That's largely okay
0: put, place. they largely put Noah, um, in the first half on to, and Noah and you know Flowers I think a bit on Deshaun Davis, and he, they could not stay in front of him. So it looked a lot like the UW game. Um, but they didn't abandon and go to the zone. They did it eventually in the second half. Uh, but but he was just shredding them. And the biggest benefit benefactor was Roman Silva, who was just getting wide open layups and dunks over and over and over again, or fouled and sent yep. to the line, which he's a very good free throw shooter for a big. Yep. Um and then he then got Maurice Calou, who we joked before the game. <laughs> we were talking about like yep. well, we we think like Ty has been we're bad. Like, we know who's playing We know who's gonna take we, we know, know who's, who's going to have
1: the absurd game tonight. Dude, it's that guy. dude
0: with dude with the 82 offensive rating who, who just launches everything is going to go off. Yeah. And then, you know, he hits three or four I mean, threes. He's, he's just going yeah. nuts in the first half. So there, you know, there's combination of we're getting beat by Deshaun Davis. Like he is that, that was legitimately bad defense, by by just letting him get in the lane, um, which he is a very, that's what he does. He's good at that. Yeah. But still yeah. that, that, you, even with that, Oregon State's office hasn't been very good. Um, but, you know, they, they came out in the second half, and you're just hoping they show some more effort. And then, you know, they put Bomba on Davis, and Bomba did a serv- very serviceable job. Uh, moved Noah off the ball. Uh, and then you saw them go to the zone a bit, and that was sucky. Then they went back in the man and you <laughs> yeah. saw Ty Roberts just was getting owned by Jared Lucas which in a way that you don't see Jared Lucas score very often was in the in like in in the post and, and in just mid-range jumpers because he's got you know 6 inches on Ty at least um but then I you know one thing that impressed me I I'll say it, I said it in the chat like I was so frustrated because Davis was just shredding us and I kind of sarcastically said, like well Kyle, you've said that Ty Roberts is your best on ball defender, so fucking put him on Davis if if that's true, put him on Davis like this is the guy and that and he did and <laughs> Ty did a hell of a job for the last like four minutes yeah, of the he game.
1: did actually. Just like the biggest thing was, he just had to keep him in front of him. You know, like that's, he had to keep him out all, of the paint.
0: Davis is not a and good shooter. That's something shooter.
1: Roberts can definitely do. Like, even in that game winner against USC, like, Boogie Ellis didn't get by him. He just, you know, shot over him,
0: right? Because he's, you know,
1: 5'10 and that's or what Lucas is. And
0: it's that's what yeah. Lucas was doing. He was shooting over him. But Davis is not a good shooter. No. And so he'll hit some wide open two point jumpers, which he, we saw. Yep
1: but he's not going to shoot from three. Like you just have to keep him from creating havoc in the
0: lane. And Ty did that. And that kind of enabled them to come back in the lat in the final minutes. And, and and I'll say, and then the move to put Noah then off the ball onto Lucas uh, was very good because Noah just kind of shut down Lucas he fouled him once and got him a couple free points. But other than that, um, he was just denying Lucas down the stretch in overtime. Lucas got a couple like gimme layups when we had the big lead at the end. But um, I, I did, I was confused. They came out of that under four and Bamba wasn't on the floor. And Bamba had, been, I, I know they love plus minus and Bamba's plus minus had to be like the best on the team in that game. Cause when he came well, I can on, tell
1: you, hold on, go ahead, keep talking. I'll find it.
0: But cause when he came on in the, in the second half, you know, they, they put him on in the first half when he came on in the second half, they, they started with the second half and that's when they made their run to get back in the game. And a lot of it was Bomba being able to get to the basket. Bamba playing better D you know, containing Davis a little more. Um, So it was a little, it was a little uh, surprising to see, but I will say they ended up putting him in with about two minutes left and that's when they really made their push, uh, to, to win, uh, or to, to he tie He might've been,
1: it's entirely possible to think he's on a minutes restriction too.
0: Yeah. Uh, oh, hundred percent. Just yeah.
1: cause he, he hasn't played much. All right. So here's your answer. Uh, Bamba indeed led the team at plus 11 tied with, uh, flowers who was also plus 11. So there you go.
0: Man, how bad were they when Flowers came off the floor then? Cuz he played 41 <laughs> He played 41 of 45 minutes. Yeah. And of 45 and, and, minutes. So, so so wow. So they must yeah, they were they, minus 5 when he And they and they minus, only won uh, by. Yeah, they only won by. They
1: won by 6. So he's minus 5 when they were off. They were minus 5 when he was off the floor.
0: Well, it'll be more than that, right? Like I don't know. Because if they were minus five, well, they and were, plus six. If they're plus six when he's on the floor and minus five no, no. when they're plus off, 11. they would only he's win plus, by one. He's
1: plus 11. He's plus, plus 11. Okay. They won by six.
0: So they're minus so five. They
1: minus five when, for those four minutes he was okay. off
0: the floor. So, so yeah. But he needed those four minutes. dude has played a lot of minutes. <laughs> um,
1: Catch a break. But overall, this FA, is – F.A., by the way, was minus 10.
0: They, yeah, he did he, not have they, didn't, they didn't even – he got almost no time in the second half
1: he really struggled with uh with the big guy roman uh, roman
0: silva yes yeah, Silva. Which he, he really struggled
1: you know, with silva he struggled with the switches and the when and they the when they did put him back time. on
0: when they did put him back on the second half they actually put him on Kalu. yep uh which was probably a good decision
1: which yeah it was probably a great decision because kalou's just gonna shoot so okay so let him the problem is and then, so, you know, Kalu's going to draw him away from the basket.
0: And, yep. you know, that's, so it that's obviously not
1: what he a, F.A. So.
0: Takes away a big yeah. part so of. So,
1: not a not great matchup it. for our big guy. That's okay. We still love him. Uh, Deshaun Jackson had a great game. 16 minutes. Uh, ten, 10 points. 10 points. Six I rebounds. I had them free throws.
0: <laughs> um, yeah. But five. Yeah, except for the what free throws. <laughs> what Deshaun has, in the time he has been able to play this year, he's been our best offensive rebounder and he was huge on that in this game
1: and that's that's not a shock by the way like we knew that from last year like he the rebounding is so much like on both ends the rebounding is so much better when he's on the floor on the offensive end i i don't know i I can't remember i'm not looking at it right now like i don't recall him having a super high offensive rebounding percentage last year Um, but he does get his hands on a lot of balls um, keeps a lot of balls alive. And then defensively on the defensive rebounding, he's just kind of a, he's kind of a Hoover man. He gets yeah, his hands he was, on a lot of balls. He was definitely pulls them He down. was
0: good. He was good. Offensive rebound last year. This year he has been elite at yeah. offensive rebounding. Yeah,
1: He's, he is a superior rebounder. Um, just, you know, he takes up a lot of space. He's got big hands. Well, well yeah, Long he's not like gets his hands on a lot of balls. He's, he doesn't he's a get, really good
0: rebounder. He doesn't get a lot of defensive rebounds, but he unlike Fa and uh, and Mo, he's a good complement to them because he actually boxes guys out yes, with his size. Yes, takes up space. Where Fa Fa and Mo are just kind of they're using their athleticism to just jump over guys to get the rebounds. Let's be honest, like they're not they're not boxing yep. people out. They don't need to. They're NBA, they have NBA athleticism. Um, go go look at the elite rebounders in the NBA. They don't fucking box box people out. They just jump over right. people. They just go get it. Yeah, yeah um so it's but Deshaun has that big body and he uses it very well uh again talking about how you know we lose this game if Deshaun doesn't play his whatever 17 minutes yes. whatever he plays I think that's um, I think
1: that's absolutely correct
0: uh we
1: might have won it in regulation if he could have hit some free throws
0: but well yeah, yeah that's all right hey even so this was uh a dream game offensively for both teams like this was one of the most bonkers games like I don't it, it it's it's hard to appreciate because during the time it's like can we not lose to this team but yes. this was seriously an insane game yes and, uh, it, like and it was sort of it was
1: way uh, not as exciting as it should have been because the crowd was so damn lame like, and if anything, if the if the um, you know if the pandemic taught us anything about like TV broadcasts and and sports, it's that the crowd is actually really a player, right? Even on TV broadcasts, right? Like yeah. the crowd is like a legit thing. Oregon State's crowd was like non-existent, and you had this like absolutely batshit bonkers game with two th- two teams scoring like one point four points per possession back and forth you know basically averaging 100 points between them in overtime and it was just kind of like yeah (laughs) you know it should have been like the craziest fucking game um in terms of excitement and it it was kind of hard to get it with you know basically nobody in the arena but you know it it, it was a crazy interesting game for sure
0: every single player that qualified, that played more than ten minutes in this game, and even Ahmad Rand, who only played seven, would be in this too if if he qualified. Were over a hundred offensive rating, like every crazy. single player, even Noah Williams, like like that everyone. That does
1: not happen in games that we play. That doesn't happen in games that we play, both because, because of we our offense and our we, defense. And, and our
0: defense, exactly. And so that was nuts. And. Ty Roberts, so WSU shot sixty nine percent nice on two pointers. Tyrell Roberts, <laughs> five foot eleven listed. Tyrell Roberts went five of five on two pointers. Five
1: of five. <laughs> well, you know it's nice when the other team doesn't bother to try and stop you. You know, Jared Lucas a, a layup.
0: Might, Jared Lucas might be one of the worst defenders I've ever seen, at least on might ball be. defenders. Yeah, might be he. Could not – he's got five inches at least on Ty, and he could not stay in front of him enough not, to bother not, a on, shot.
1: Yeah. I guess you could look at it either way, but, yeah. Could not or would
0: not. I don't know. Yeah, or would not. Just wouldn't – not even – just didn't even just care. wasn't even really uh, trying. Yeah. So, he – I mean, if Ty, Ty missed, like, a bunch of wide-open threes in this game, he has a huge game yeah. if he can just knock down those threes – um, biggest thing, he shot three free throws in this game. He had shot Woo! nine nine free throws in the previous seventeen conference games before this. <laughs> I tweeted so out, crazy. I tweeted out when he shot when he he drew the and one near the start of the first half. That was his yeah. tenth free throw attempt of the of the conference season, and I had multiple people like, "That's insane! You're wrong." I'm like, "Nope, it's it's true." Nope. Nope, 10 free, he's now shot 12 free throws and he missed the 12th which would have won the game in regulation <laughs> i record. know that was but another free throw to his credit played game. played a hell of a defensive final possession to force the overtime stopping the guy that had completely destroyed us did exactly what we're talking about forced him into a jump shot um which he airballed by a long long shot um so yeah but it is insane and then and that, like the comeback in the second half, I mean, even you, you got to admit, like you knew they were going to get back in the game. Like Oregon state sucks. Like you knew Oregon state was not going to blow them out as long as they well, didn't give up. And so when they Oregon came State's out, defense is horrendous. Like we, yeah.
1: Like there will be opportunities to score points as long as you, you know, keep your effort, your energy level
0: up. And they did. You could tell in the first, you know, what you wanted to see in the first five minutes, of the second half, they're trying they did they trimmed it to like eight pretty quickly or like six and then they they had it down you know they trimmed the lead down and then it was just kind of a back and forth battle a bit to it down the stretch um finally got uh you know i wouldn't even say like it wasn't like a super lucky ending of 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 regulation you know, you force an eighteen percent three point shooter into a three pointer, a, yes. a step back three pointer, uh, yeah. and he misses it. Well, yeah, and and you on the other end, you had your ninety five percent free throw shooter miss a free throw that would have won the game. I don't know, like we, I don't know if we got lucky there, but when we went to overtime, I had a pretty good feeling because we had just dominated basically the last twenty minutes. You know, we were plus eleven the last twenty. And it felt like we kind of.
1: And then, by the way, we hit eight of nine free throws in the
0: overtime. After going eight of <laughs> 17.
1: After going eight of 17 in regulation. If we would have just hit that
0: percentage in regulation, like Oregon State did, talk about luck 19 of 20.
1: Yeah. 19 say, of listen, 20. Say it with me, everybody. Free throws are random. Not that the overall percentage is random. But the sequence of free throws in any given game is going to be random. You're going to shoot 8 of 17 for the first 40 minutes, and then you're going to hit 8 of 9 in overtime, including Mogey going yeah. 4 of four, 4.
0: After a <laughs> 95% free throw shooter goes 1 of 2, to right. set like our, our 50% free throw shooter goes 4 Could of put 4, us up which by, by, by one, the way... With
1: 15 seconds to go. He yeah. has
0: hit. He has hit eight of his last nine yeah you know maybe maybe all those jumpers in that u game like fix something for him i don't know like maybe might have been getting enough. off 20 jumpers it was just like a nice workout for him because he hit three of three in that game and then he yep. hits four or four in this game uh yep. i'm sorry five of six four or four in the overtime uh Maybe that's he had it. the one of the really one of the like we'll talk about Mike we'll get to Mike uh, he deserves all the all the praise but like Mo had one of the quietest nineteen point performances like I did not re- I looked at box score I did not realize that he had nineteen points yeah um, and he hit seven of seven again this team which is still last by a by at least a percentage point. In conference play, in two point percentage, shoot sixty nine percent. I you know I was talking to some friends after, and they're they're like, you know, wow, it's nice to see us get to the bucket. And I'm like, yeah, it's nice. And it's nice that we did it, and we didn't just sit back and launch series, which by the way, we still did, but we hit forty two percent of them, so that's yeah, pretty good. Yeah, um, we still took twenty six of them. Yeah, but it's Oregon State's defense is so bad. Like they're oh so God. bad. Like it, so it, when Ty Roberts is getting five layups, I mean, one of them was a really incredible finish, but when he's getting yes. three other, and then one was a nice little finish uh, on the foul. So three wide open layups, two of them yes. were in half court. One was kind of half transition where he just, they just didn't, they were all back. They just didn't defend him. Like he, did, no, like, they didn't, they he didn't saw, rotate. They just watched he, him go. He, he, they just watched saw him, him run the all the way to the
1: bucket. It was like, Hey, Look at that. He we just did get get, to I see, felt like he kept looking around going like where's where's the help defense coming from? And then it's we, like We did oh, get to see his, his I guess it's not coming.
0: Because once he saw that hole, he was like there. Yes. You know, yeah, and there was a couple times get, where
1: he had a nice little burst for sure.
0: We did get our bank 3 in this game from Noah, which we Noah did. deserves a bank 3. Come on. Yes, then. he does. <laughs> um and then and then and then Mike, man, like this is you need performances like this late in the season when the legs are tired and yep. the defense ain't working or or you know other guys aren't aren't working and um and it helps to you know we've talked about we we do turnover avoidance to the fault but turnover avoidance was big in this one they only turned it over 8 times in what's you know 75 possessions uh that's pretty yeah. damn good um, and so, yeah. uh, and then Mike just, uh, huge buckets. He's, he's a, he's a great he's tough shot, so good, man. He he's, he's a great tough shot maker and that the, the, you know, the pull up three that he hit to basically ice the game with about, you know, just over a minute left. 90, make it 96, was such a tough shot that not a lot of guys can make. And but he was feeling it and and that was a big shot and 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 that effectively ended the game uh you know, you're up six of the minutes ago uh it, it kind of felt like we had already ended the game a little bit earlier, but you know whatever yeah um and then we still just I it, it was kind of weird. there was just under a minute left, and we kind of just let Oregon State go down and lay the ball up. i I <laughs> like. Yeah, yeah. shit could still happen here guys um, yes uh, but but you know I guess they just had to be on brand for the game because Oregon yep. State just let Mo Gay dribble down the middle of the court and dunk the ball like, with, right? and with then like we we'll let 15, them come back with, and then with lay it up <laughs> with two seconds left or whatever so it's wild like this 1.41 points per possession 1.4 whenever it's over it Ken Palm rounds up, but uh yeah. highest per play in conference in a conference game in the pack in the Ken Palm era, which goes back to the 01-02 season. So we're talking we're looking at the most effective offensive performance. did not realize that. Yeah. It's, it's third overall, highest against the Pac-12 team, Pac-10, Pac-12 team in the Ken Palm era. We just saw like literally history, (laughs) like that we, we, there's been, we've played teams as bad as this in like PAC 12 has had some pretty bad teams at that time. some Cal teams, some other Oregon state teams, even some Oregon teams. Um, never have they put up 1.4 points per possession in league play in the last 21 years or 20 years, I guess. So that was pretty impressive. Uh, and they needed all of it <laughs> yeah,
1: to, to survive in, in overtime, 103 point. Did. It's so
0: funny. Cause we always focus so much on the per play and the tempo free, but then you look at, there was 200 points of this game. I know there's something magical points. about
1: what well, was like, you mentioned that, um, you know, that you didn't realize how many points, you know, Mo had scored in the game and i was like this is such like an nba box score right like you got mm-hmm. you got someone with 27 you got someone with 19 you got a you know three guys 12 11 and 11 you know guys you off the guy bench 10, scoring
0: double digits
1: right you got a guy you got two guys off the bench scoring in double digits like it's just yeah it was a very nba very nba type box score um in a, in an almost nba type you know time frame right 45 minutes um yeah, just funny. It you know, it was a fun game. Mike Flowers, I just like I can't heap enough praise on the guy. Um he just has been you know, so so good. And obviously he's had some bad games. I mean, you know, players are going to have bad games. Like I don't I our, our fans seem to tend to focus um a lot <laughs> on on guys bad games um instead of focusing on, you know, the good things that they do and you know Flowers. I mean, we're looking at a guy who scored 27 against Oregon State, 30 against Washington, um, had 12 against UW in the first matchup, and you know had a, had a little run there against UCLA, USC, Washington, where he was just kind of so-so. But um, you know, scored 23 against Oregon. I mean, the, the guys, the guy's a baller, man, and he's um, you know, unlike you know other guys who seem to be getting you know real, real tired. Um, you know, he seems to be able to at this point sustain his energy and that's uh, you know that is huge that, that's huge for this team and you know huge for maybe trying to win a couple games this weekend uh, you know it'd be really really tough for them to push their way up to uh, up to fourth um if they do there's going to be a multi-team tie yeah <laughs> would i was have. gonna say it, like um, you know in my monday column i wrote there would be a three-way tie there actually be a four-way tie because yeah, washington would be have that. to beat oregon yeah. yep. and we would have to beat oregon and Colorado would have to lose to Utah and there would be a four way tie for fourth. And I have no idea how the tiebreaker yeah. would work out on that. Because uh, so
0: it's because if we tie with Colorado, they beat Arizona, so we that that's the tiebreaker. If we tie with uh uh Oregon, they beat UCLA, so that's the tiebreaker. Uh so we just can't those are the teams that we could tie with in fourth place. And so we can't Right, but it know, would
1: be a four way tie.
0: It has to be if it be happened, four, it would be. It, a, it would have to the, be a four way. That's the only way it can happen. And then I'm guessing it would be the record against the other three teams or something. Probably,
1: um, which I would have. Yeah, again, like like I wrote on Monday, like I, no desire at all to try and figure that. <laughs> try and figure they're that probably out, like
0: even if they win these two games, they're probably going to be like a six seed. Yeah, like,
1: you would think that's probably
0: right. But I I, but, I didn't want to get into too okay. much into. And two, like the seeding, because we'll just know that after these games. No, I mean, <laughs> so, it's the,
1: the number of because of the bunch in the middle, just the number of, uh, you know, possibilities is, is just way too large. So,
0: yeah, it's it's and and but even the most likely possibilities are still like it's it's very unlikely that WSU could finish fourth and get a bye. Like yes. it's very unlikely even, See, it win, unlikely, even if they win, even if they win, even if they win their two games, they need a lot yeah, of stuff that, to happen.
1: That loss to Washington was, was kind of the big one. Like that yep. was, you really needed to win both of those. And then, you know, basically you need to win, win all that, five. Right? You need to, yeah, you so,
0: needed to win the last five.
1: Yeah. Yep. So, but that's okay. I mean, like, listen, if they win these last two games, they will finish with 11 conference wins, right? So they will be 11 and nine. Uh, It'll be their first winning record in the Pac-12 in ten years. That's the that's the Um, real stakes for me. Those are big. Those are big things, man.
0: Yep, and they're probably gonna if they win the last two games, probably lock in the nit bid, which I like. Honestly, again, I've said it before. We as Kook fans cannot stick our nose up at at an nit, because we've had we've had throughout our basketball history, even some of our top teams have struggled to qualify for the NIT. Our best coaches went to the NIT. Kelvin Sampson Tony Bennett NIT guys, you know, and well I guess was Sampson was no, Sampson was had left. And so it was Sampson's roster. Yep, that but.
1: was that's when I was there. It was uh, Kevin Eastman. It it, it was uh, Kevin Eastman. So Kevin right. Eastman. And they, so they made it to the NIT. Strike that. Supposed, but, but they were supposed to go to the tournament. But Mark Anderson got his hand yeah. and then everything went sideways but yeah,
0: it's but it NITs was Samson's, still a big deal for us. It was so. Samson's roster. And but the, yeah. but but yeah Tony Bennett with Aaron Baines and, and Clay Thompson and Taylor Rochester he went to the NIT and Clay Thompson. We had Clay Thompson and we went to two NITs with him. So yeah. NITs, you know, like and it's a step. It's a step in the right direction. We've had a shitty season. If we can still be in a tournament in some sort of tournament that's that you don't have to pay to play in, like, that's yep. that's a step, and they, yep. they they might not even need to win both of these games to do that. But I I would love to see you no know, the yeah, first.
1: I think they do. Yeah, they if probably I being do. Well, I think they it do. It depends on it's you know the, rec- the record matters. um yep. and the record is still pretty iffy. So you win these two games, you finish with eighteen wins um heading into the conference tournament you know it, and you're in the conference tournament where you probably should get another win um then then you're feeling pretty good but yeah you, you I don't know man you don't want to lose you definitely don't want to lose to Oregon State um you lose to Oregon you know whatever I guess but it's uh you know I would say NIT is looking maybe a little I, get, I can tell you that, very that much
0: point. that the Pac-12 is not going to want us to beat Oregon
1: no, no So they are I, am,
0: not. I am not looking for and I'm, that I'm game I'm fully
1: expecting to get refed in that game. Hardcore. Yeah,
0: That game is also on CPS, which I, I had forgotten until this week. Uh so we'll be there. We we'll have to be loud and, and maybe we'll yes, get we on will. national maybe we'll get on network TV, Jeff. Um Yeah,
1: I think I think we will. If people look close, they'll probably see us.
0: I think that it'll be a big factor to have Deshaun in this game who we did not have. Yes, the last time against Oregon, yep. it'll be a big factor yep. to be at home. I think these teams are pretty close in capability. Oregon has a higher ceiling. I, I think that's that's for sure. But in terms of their average ability, I the Oregon State game. If we lose that, then fuck man! Like my bachelor party weekend is just gonna have the worst goddamn start. <laughs> <laughs> and we might have no, to cancel it just go home cannot, no, i'm just kidding
1: they cannot lose that game i yeah i do not want to i do not want to go through friday and and leading up to the game on saturday uh with a loss Heck that, that literally
0: be time time would be all we would talk about that would be my oh entire my bachelor party it would be us It'd talking be about horrible. we lost a fucking oregon state so horrible. don't there's the every reason they should be able to the the, the encouraging thing about the repeatable part of what they did against Oregon State that they can do again is the fact that they got easy shots in the paint. Yes, and and so you, it didn't. You would
1: not expect Oregon State's defense to be better on the road
0: than it no. was at home. So. And I would expect ours to be better at home. Um, right. I, I I think Oregon State played one of their best games of the year against us. Honestly, at least offensively. They, I mean, we talked about Kalu and other guys just filling it up. So figure out how to stop Deshaun Davis, you know, make shots, beat Oregon State. Oregon, that should be a fun one, I think. I think it's should be close. Um, I am hoping Deshaun swings it for us. Uh, did Bama, Bama play in that one? I'm, try, I'm trying to remember. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, that was – then so. he sat the next couple out after that, I think, is what it was. Um, so, yeah, what you know, that, that first Oregon loss, you know, obviously offense wasn't – you know was kind of what we expect, you know, at this point. Um, but the defense was good. And, you know, they if if they just make more shots, you know, they went fourteen of forty inside the paint. Deshaun will help with that, I think. Um I hope. Uh you know, hopefully Noah uh you know feels the you know, this is this is still like a big game. You know, they they do have postseason aspirations. Maybe they're not the NCAA tournament, but Oregon is on the bubble. We can pop their bubble and I guarantee I guarantee that's a message that the coaches are going to say cuz that that's fun. Like you you want to motivate like we can ruin their season right now. Like if, if we beat them right now, we can ruin their season. They need this quad one win on their resume and we can steal it away. For, we could take it, which also is a funny thing. We're the team that has no, sh- like, uh, we, we'd have maybe have to maybe, maybe if we win these games and then re- m- went to the, and then beat UCLA and USC on the way to the conference championship, potentially would be somewhere near the bubble, but Maybe. that's what we have to do. Oregon basically needs if they beat us, they'll they'll they might be there if they beat UW and beat us on the road and they get this quad one win from us. It's a funny thing is that we've been offering up these quad one opportunities to so many teams all year. Yep. Uh, you know, Boise State's got a quad one because of us, Stanford's got a quad one because of us, USC's got a quad one because of us. Like, it's so funny that like, because of our high net ranking, if someone beats us at home, they get a quad yep. one win, New Mexico state quad one win for them. Uh, well, Boise state, not quite, cause we're not in top 50 anymore. So sorry, Boise state, we fucked it up for you, but, but anyway, so, th- <laughs> you know, uh, yeah, you know, we just had to get, had to get blown out by UCLA. Um, yep. but, but, but yeah, so it's, you know, th- there's, this is a big weekend for, Cougar basketball finishing above five hundred in conference play for the first time in fourteen years would be a big deal. It'd
1: be huge. It'd be absolutely huge.
0: Getting to an nit. I feel like too
1: many of our fans are sort of poo pooing that, and it's, it's yeah, just, it's a big damn deal.
0: Man. I don't, but I do think people understood. I think people are understood, understanding like as frustrating as the season be, just based on like. I you know I sent out a tweet that said this is the first time they've won nine games of conference play since before the Pac-12 even you know was a league like but when it was still the Pac-10 because it was Clay's last season it was still the Pac-10 right that's when they went nine and nine so we haven't been nine and nine since then and that's been you know pe- people have in, enjoyed that and they're like holy crap you know like maybe maybe this is this season has been frustrating and has not met everything that we want it to be but we can make it a little bit better with this home weekend and it's my bachelor party uh can yes. can you win the games and we need and just that. make it I, selfishly make it the best weekend for me you know just just for me I, I and, think and my friends
1: it should that that should be the whole thing
0: yeah you know they, it should be they should be there should be a sign in the locker room make it craig's best weekend you know, make it make this it best weekend. I plan my bachelor party around you guys. All you guys on this Cougar basketball team. That's how much I love Cougar basketball. So, please, go ahead. Win these two games. I, we already have other fun shit planned. So we're going to have fun regardless. But make it the maximum fun by winning the two games and, you know, finishing with that winning record. We'll be so happy. I'll, I'll be there screaming. I hope the students are too. You know, it's I we're an hour I'm and sorry. four minute we're hour and four minutes and we haven't taken a break. But yeah, yeah. Uh, so I, you know, they can win both these games. They should win Thursday. You know, it's kind of a toss up for Saturday, but they, I still think they should win that game too. Um, and I would love if they did because fucking over Oregon is fun as hell. Um, yes. So. uh so yeah that's what that's what i that's my argument for it make me happy all right i agree all right jeff let's let's go to break then we'll we'll talk the women's team who has already done something historical and we got to talk about that let's take a break just go to cars.com. It's magical. And we're back. All right. But we, before we talk about this amazing uh, women's basketball season, um that still has not been properly recognized uh let's 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 recognize some quality beer Jeff uh so what are you drinking
1: well I was drinking (laughs) well an hour (laughs) and five
0: minutes ago you were drinking
1: well it was both that and also I started drinking it at 8 30 when we when we were supposed to start recording um so this is the uh it's now 10 Bruise, i know rubens brews uh, supreme triumvirate 10th anniversary series oh. so they've they've uh, so it's rubens brews 10th anniversary and uh they've got um you know a series of 10th anniversary beers um i picked this one up at, at rainier growlers not from costco i would like i would like to note So this is uh, a collaboration with uh, with Brow. I know, right? Collaboration with Browers and Bottleworks, and uh, it's an Imperial IPA of their uh, triumvirate beer that um, you know apparently is is always on tap at at Browers and and Bottleworks, and so they made an Imperial version. Yeah, it's their house IPA, basically. Yeah. Yes, Um, and so it's it's a you know it's pretty classic west coast ipa it is absolutely delicious um love this beer it's fantastic and um would not would not hesitate to drink another one i will say that um the other uh the other one i saw that was uh in their 10th anniversary series was an amber ale um which i thought was sort of hilarious because and and like you know each one of these cans has a little um you know descriptor on it or or whatever where they, they just kind of talk about what the you know what the beer is and um, so the the amber ale was was sort of like you know we're, we're imagining a world where amber ales end up you know dominating, uh, the beer scene like like they did you know ten years ago. I think it'll uh, happen which again. Which I was, honestly. was pretty funny. It's you know I, entirely possible. Um, I don't like them, but you know it's uh, it, they're just it's, it's too they're they're too caramely too sweet for me. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't really like that. 100%. But um, but it's but it's also what uh, it's also what got me into you know craft beer ten years ago. So. You know, whatever, yeah, great beer, great beer, very excited um, I you know uh when I when I go to rainer growlers, I can't you know resist, but you know, pick up a bunch of stuff, so i've got I've got some other fun things to uh drink through over the next couple of weeks when we record, or maybe I'll bring them to Pullman with me,
0: <laughs> yeah, there you go, uh, so I obviously you know that I have um and and, and say it, I shared with you my uh list of cellar beers I'm bringing to oh Pullman Oh, God. Yes. um. Holy cow. Uh, but yeah, so that's uh, uh, Amanda just said, How long until you're done? I'm going to say 20 minutes or so. Okay. Um, it's good to
1: know that it's not only my wife that does that. <laughs> She'll send it, When are you coming to bed? And I'm like, yeah. I don't know, you know, at some point.
0: <laughs> but yeah, well, it was my daughter's first birthday today. Amanda's parents are here for that, they're staying the night. My office is off of the set, the extra bedroom. Um, so I'm preventing that from going to sleep. So sorry. Blame technology. We would be done by now. Um, uh, so uh, yeah, I'm pretty jealous about that Supreme Triumvirate. They didn't have the cans at Peaks and Pints. They did have it on Crowler, but they didn't want a Crowler of it. Um, so uh, that did sound like a delicious one. I could have had it at Brower's on Saturday, but I did try barley wines mostly. Um, I did try one of the worst beers i ever had. Uh, so JW Lee's is like a classic barley wine maker. Um, they do also dis different cask treatments. You know, uh, They'll use brandy and, uh, and bourbon and obviously all, all other types of cask. Um, this particular one, I believe it was a brandy cask treatment. It was from 2010, barley wine it had been fucked up at some point uh it it was it had so it was pretty funny i i ordered i had a friend with me and she was just like just order you know just get me whatever barley wines you order i'll just i'll just get the same ones so i ordered one for each of us and the bartender was like well it's a bit much um maybe you should just order one four ounce pour uh so i was like well that's a bit alarming so yes and it literally had it had sour notes. This is a 12-year-old beer that was also in a cask. Like, it was on cask. Um, so it was, you know, uh, so it had just been collecting all sorts of uh, funky, you know, had the funky yeasties that it started out with that have just soured it up. And it also had a very distinct flavor of that really shitty peanut butter taffy halloween candy that's in like the black and orange wrappers yeah yeah, yeah. like the wax yeah. wrappers that like your worst neighbor would give you growing up um i don't i think they're called peanut butter surprise or some shit like that they're awful and that beer tastes like that and it was awful and i should have known that's why uh, WC was gonna lose to you dub because i had such a shitty beer uh, right before i went um but anyway so what am i drinking now uh, I found out this week about well, I had known about this brewery, but I, what I did find out this week, it's a it's a what do you call a nano brewery, like very small brewery, um, called Breakthrough Brewing, out of the Seattle area. They they list Kent, as that must be where they're brewing. Um, Kent on on their their cans. Um, that are uh, it is a Coog run brewery. Um, I did reach out to them. I'm still waiting on um, on uh, uh, Alex, uh, who uh, runs a brewery there, uh, to get back to me um, on it on you know a little bit more information uh, on the brewery itself. But I do know that they're kind of only package and draft now. You can't like, I don't think you can go visit them or anything. They're very small, uh, but they're doing some good beer. Uh, I started with uh, Chili Bin. New Zealand style pilsner, um, so they used two uh, New Zealand style hops, Nelson Sauvin and, and Rewaka. New Zealand hops, New, Nelson Sauvin and Rewaka, and then they used Phantasm in there, which I've talked about before on the podcast. It is a powder derived uh, from a grape, a wine grape, um, basically, uh, it, it, and so it's it, it, it. They've found it; it gives like nice IPA notes and so i I had that and and that was created in new zealand and so chili bin new zealand side pills or chili bin i'm guessing is some sort of new zealand uh description for a okay um, i know the answer to this yeah i know the answer to this
1: yeah go ahead a so okay so my my wife sarah likes to watch uh TikTok videos all the time and there is a uh, a guy an actor from new zealand Who loves to uh, make videos talking about English, American English words, and then um, New Zealand words for the same thing? Um, And I distinctly remember the chili bin. A chili bin is just their word for a cooler. Yeah, that's yeah because that's what the chili bin is the
0: cooler. It's chili bin. It's got a nice like backdrop of probably like a New Zealand ski area or something, and then and then chili bin is on top of like a cooler and so that's what i figured uh, that's yes oh, and that's the such reason a great, i remember this is yeah.
1: because sarah and i were like we resolved that for an entire summer we were going to go camping and call the cooler the chili bin and we that's, tried and we just we couldn't do it but we tried
0: uh, it's such a good it it's such a good term it's and it's, it's such it's a perfect. very it's kind perfect. of commonwealth term for something a chili, chili bin did. <laughs> um like and that's spelled c-h-i-l-l-y and, like so like chili like the cold way, not.
1: the the chili bin is such a better descriptor than a cooler like yeah it's a bin that's chilly like why would you call it anything else i don't know but it, yeah and,
0: I mean, and your cooler is cool. not supposed to cool things it's supposed to keep cold things correct you know correct keep them chilly so i don't know so yeah new zealand style so pilsner is,
1: that is a chili bin so there you go
0: very very tasty Pilsner, uh, well done uh, from Kug there. Um, and then I've also, I'm working my way on another one for Breakthrough uh, called uh, Hype Beer Checklist. Uh, so it's a hazy IPA. Uh, so it has this checklist down at the top, it says, hazy or fruited, crossed off fruited, but hazy, check. Hype-worthy hops or products, Nelson, Strata, Strata Hop pass those are Hype Hops uh phantasm again this beer also has phantasm thial thiolized boosting yeast Ooh. i i i don't know that is a new one for me it sounds uh, impressive though uh, like and then it also says double dry hop exclamation point oh yeah checked you we talked about double dry hopping you gotta Absolutely. have double dry hopping um so uh Cos- so cosmic punch. So thiols are are the, the flavor compounds in the I think that that they're getting from the phanta- phantasm as well, the phantasm powder. Uh so uh what this um th- so this one's called burstly yeast bank Tropic. So there's apparently they've made yeast now that kind of complement the thiol notes or theol, I don't know if I'm saying it wrong or right or whatever. And so basically it just complements those hop flavors and, and it's like we're just fucking sciencing up IPAs. And it's a very good IPA. It's got a good body. Um real nice note. You can tell they used like something beyond just regular hops to get the the flavors. Um very tasty, very drinkable. Um, it's a hazy IPA, what can I say? But it is it is pretty damn, pretty damn good and it's made by a coog. So breakthrough Brewing, go check them out. Um, when Alex does send me more of that info, I you know, and I and I have a feeling maybe we'll do something uh, with him at some point, maybe have him on the podcast. Uh, we'll we'll pass that along. But if you do see breakthrough Brewing, and especially, I think Western Washington probably is where you best can find it. Check them out, like give them a, give them a try because they are a Coog brewery, um, and they're doing some fun stuff. So, uh, breakthrough B R E A K T H R U is how it's spelled. Um, so breakthrough brewing. But Jeff, uh, now that we talked about beer for fifteen minutes again, let's talk about uh this uh this women's hoops team who just set uh the record for most uh wins in the ncaa era highest finish in conference play most conference wins um and none of that was good enough according to the other coaches in the conference for cammy Etheridge to win coach of the year though um
1: apparently not
0: T- Tara Vandeveer. Oh, so ridiculous. Tara Vanderveer, who may objectively be the best coach in the conference, but also has built a super roster that that is full of yeah. WNBA players, and should go, you know, should win the conference, should go somewhere near fifteen, you know, sixteen and zero, and did. Uh, won coach of the year. Uh, i don't know doing something your program has never done before seems like maybe you should win coach of the year but what do i know uh but hey you know they they actually against that super team put up a one of the best fights they've they've put up we we kind of already last week we were like they're gonna lose by they just don't lose this game by too much to ruin your net and they didn't they actually improved their net by yep. three spots. By
1: only losing by because yeah, they, they, they lost, lost by, by
0: seven. They held Stanford to sixty-one points. Stanford has a bunch of fucking superstars on their team. Like th- we're giving up three, four inches at multiple positions. Because there's, they're, you know, they're, they have six-two guards that have skills like Charlie's. You know, multiple six, two guards that have skills like Charlize and, and and Charlize is like five, nine, by the way. Um, and, but they, you know, this team has just been so good defensively one blip against, uh, Oregon. Other than that, just a very good defensive team. And, and that kept them in the game in Stanford, uh, allowed them to build a big lead that they uh, didn't quite lose against Cal. Uh, but, uh, you know, I didn't get to watch the, uh, the Cal game, um, cause it was, uh, during the Sounders, uh, what I, th- I believe it was during the Sounders on Sunday. Um, uh, or no, Saturday it was during, it was, it, it was while I was, uh, eating, uh, lunch. I, I did have it on my phone a bit while I was eating lunch before the, the UW, the UW game, but so I didn't get to watch very much of it. Um. But uh, so I, did, you know, I did watch, uh, you know, some of the highlights against Stanford um, because that we were at a we were at the Sounders game for that one. That's the one we were at a Sounders game on Thursday for. Um, uh, so we didn't get to watch all of that. But you know, uh, so I'm not going to talk specifically about these games as much as I probably could. Um, but it's just uh, to come through, get a split on the road. Uh, not, you know, hold your own against, uh, an elite team so as to not kind of, because that I, you got to say that that Oregon loss really hurt their resume. And if they have not done what they've done since then, uh, that might've been what knocked them out, but because of what they've done, what they've done, uh, you've proven that they can hang with top teams now, you know, by hanging with Stanford, by beating Arizona, they they've kind of put in the minds again that uh, of the committee that they can play with these top teams. And, and, and also they fucking finished third in the conference. They're the number three seed in the PAC 12. Can you really like, like that's, we're at the point where they're not a bubble team. If you're the number three seed in the PAC 12, you got to be like a seven to 10 seed, right?
1: That's the part that's at the very minimum. Like, like, well, and I mean, let's also be, um, let's also point this out like okay while they were the number three seed for the conference tournament they are tied for second yeah like they they literally finished second in the conference the conference does not make any distinction between you know tiebreakers when it comes to conference standings yes um, the uh they, the they, 2018 the tiebreakers pack are only for the tournament
0: 2018 pack 12 north champions baby
1: that's right. Can't take it away from us. So, uh,
0: that's yeah, right. So go ahead. So,
1: you know, we finished in a tie for second place with Oregon. Now Oregon did beat us by 50, so whatever, but um we did, you know, Fuck we finished that second game. and game. So, that game was so weird. I know. To think about our team going 11 and 6 in conference. Um like honestly, as as long as I've been a Coug, um the, you know, women's basketball team for the most part has been an embarrassment. Um there's there's really just not a um, there's not a kind or gentle way to say that. Like they just have been like, like not just like bad, like, like like not just not good, but like objectively like horrendous. Um, and so to, to come where they, where they have come to under, under Etheridge. And, you know, we've talked about this before as well, where, um, you know, last year it was, it was really as far as Charlize could take them. Right. Like, you know, if she was good, they were good. And if she was bad, they were bad. And, um, if she, you know, if she wasn't on, they had, you know, really no chance of winning, um, against, against much of anybody, to be honest, it wasn't just the good teams. It was, it was kind of everybody. Um, she really carried the team on her back last year. Um, she has not done that this year. I mean, she's been good this year. Like I'm not trying to diminish that, but, um, she has sort of dealt with, you know, a little bit different set of circumstances, right? She's, um, you know, been the focal point of defenses in a way that maybe she wasn't last year. They've, they've game planned for her. Um, and, and what we've, and she has struggled at times. And what we've seen is that um, her teammates have really stepped up. Her sister's been great. Um, you know, all the, you know, the things that, you know, we were maybe kind of worried, you know, is her sister, is Crystal going to, Um, is she going to develop anymore? Is she going to get a little better at this or, and, and and she's been better overall. I mean, she's still, you know, some of the things she does still make you scratch your head, but, um, in general, you know, she's a great defender. Um, you know, good, uh, good point guard. She, her shooting has ticked up, which has really kind of made a major difference, uh, for her contribution. And then you look at someone like Bella Mercatete, who was, um, the co most improved PAC 12 player of the year. That's, probably the most awkward title um, for an award ever, but um, (laughs) they improved the exact same amount. I know, I I guess. Um, But you know, Bella had made a huge, huge step forward this year. And a large part of that was, um, you know, she figured out how not to get in foul trouble every game. And um, so she became a force uh, both defensively, which, which she already was. Um, She just was having a hard time staying out of foul trouble. Um, And then also becoming a force offensively where, you know I mean there were so many times last year where she missed bunnies and we all just kind of went oh my god you know how many bunnies can she miss Um, she's become an exceptional finisher she just is she's really um, one of the best you know uh, front court players in the conference and um, so when Charlize hasn't been on her game which has been from time to time you know I I think she is this but I won't say that she endured a you know, a legit sophomore slump. Um, but the the sophomore year has proven to be maybe a little more difficult for her, um, you know, than the freshman year. And even with that, um, the team is better. And it's better because, you know, because Bella's gotten better, because Crystal has played better, um, because we haven't even talked about, you know, Joanna Tadere um, and how much better she has been. Um, you know, and then you look at, you know, a freshman like Wallach. I mean, they just you know they are just everybody is better across the board and they are more dangerous they are more uh, multiple in terms of how they can attack you and, and the defense is still um still nasty and still tough it's and, better even um, i know, think may, the defense is yeah, better yeah it's better and, and maybe that's why you know maybe that's why uh, cammy wasn't the you know coach of the year uh maybe you know i don't know how her peers uh, feel about her but you know i do know that WCU is supposed to be bad and WCU is not bad, and not only are they not bad, but um, they also you know, aren't afraid to kind of get up in your face a little bit about how not bad they are. Um, there's an edge to them, and, and I can see how that would rub you know, some people the wrong way. So, um, you know, this, this team's a fun team. They are a team to be proud of, uh, super excited for what they might do at the conference tournament. We are not going to get to really watch it. <laughs> we'll be, We'll be on our phones at the Oregon State game on Thursday uh, trying to kind of maybe keep one eye on both games, but, um, but yeah, it's, it, it's very cool. And, and they're going to make the tournament again, um, which is, is sort of insane to think about. And, uh, I just, you know, I love his team. They're super fun to watch and, um, they're full of, 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 great kids and great players. And, um, you know, they're, you know, as, as I said, I mean, they're, they're a team that WC fans can be super proud of and, um, you know, they, they legitimately could win, you know, one or more games in the tournament, depending on their seating. I, hopefully they'll avoid that eight, nine. <laughs> I think that's kind of the big thing. Uh, you know, somehow you have to avoid being an eight, nine, cause the one seeds in the women's game are so strong, but um, you know, hopefully, yeah. hopefully that happens. Hopefully that happens.
0: Yeah. And, and in terms of the PAC 12 tournament, they're probably going to play Utah who they lost to, but they lost to at Utah yeah. on the back end of the the mountain trip. Utah has a lot of great shooters, um, but you know, I, it, it seems like in the place they are now, it, it's so crazy to think when they were going in the pack 12 tournament last year, they just needed to get a win. In, in I think, I think it was against, was it against you or something that in the, in it, just to, just to kind of get one on the ledger. So they were above 500 and, 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 and cause they had the wins to get in the tournament. They just need to not screw it up, but they were so gassed. Like they just kind of felt like they had nothing left in the tank, but I just don't feel like that this team still feels like they're playing really good ball, yeah, and and totally. and they have it. They have everyone, and and everyone's playing better. Like Charlise has taken a step forward. She she did struggle. She did have a sophomore slump. She had a huge shooting slump in the middle of the conference season, and yep. she seems to have come out of that. And and if. And she's in that position now, where she can win a game for them that they should not win, with because she's kind of back in the right mindset and she's got that stroke fixed a little more. Um, and and it's just uh, it's to the point where you're like, yeah, we could yeah beat Utah. Let's get Oregon again. Let's just see what happens. You know, like maybe they lose to them, but let's show that we're not fifty fucking points worse than Oregon. But I, I, I'm really excited to see what they could do against Utah. Cause and also, Utah, if they beat Utah, that's something that could potentially knock them up a seed line or two. Because Utah is 27th in net right now. So if you can beat Utah, that's a huge win for the resume. That can get you out of that eight nine game. That could even maybe get you out of that seven ten game. Cause really it's, you know, women's basketball has the it's not. The the talent isn't as quite as centralized as it was maybe ten years ago, I mean you still have the Stanford's and, and 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 them and now with Baylor and uh you know even UConn's like a two seed this year, uh but even a team as talented as UConn is a two seed but they've also had Paige Buckers has been, um, out, uh, for a considerable amount of time but then you have teams that like Iowa that have Iowa probably has the best player in the country. Um, but, and they're going to be like a three seed. So, you know, there is, it's a little more, there's more, I mean, there's just more women's basketball talent than there ever has been. Um, and so you're, you're kind of seeing the, the fruits of all these eight, like how the AAU program and the high school programs have built like since title nine came about. And, 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 and it's just, you know, since like the, the WNBA was created and, and, and all this stuff. And you're kind of seeing the fruits of that now. So yeah, it's it it'll be helpful to get up, you know, it, a, any improvement you can on the seed line would be helpful uh, in terms of if you want to yep. win, not just one game but win more than one game. Um, but you know, it, and they can beat Utah if they do that. It, it's you know they're at twenty wins, uh, they have another kind of top thirty type win. Um, I I think you know, I I still think last year you know, Charlie Cream underestimated them and that could be potentially yep. uh what's happening again this year um yep. but yeah you know uh I, I you know i hope we get a watch you know i hope they get to play one two three games this week that would be great um yeah just to see something amazing happen uh but uh i guess you know after all the technical difficulties and everything we've had it, it's time to wrap up um this is, uh <laughs> if if you, send us emails podcast versus everyone at gmail.com um i'm at the craig powers on twitter jeff is at pod versus everyone um i uh uh yeah jeff i you know instagram i just you know it's my daughter's first birthday if you want to see a picture of her uh, at craig w powers Woo! that's the content you come for uh and and so uh after all that i'll say after all the shit that we've gone through to record the I will say, go Cougs. Go Cougs, Craig. Black Lives Matter. Black Lives Matter.